You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with today's hosts, Nate and Micah. What's up? Nothing. It's Friday. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. Today is not as hot as it was the last two days. No, dude. Yesterday was absolutely miserable. And my dumbass, for multiple reasons, has been doing a lot of rock work in the middle of the day the last three days. I don't know why you would put yourself through that. At least when I'm working there in the middle of the day, I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> you get a, you got an option there, bud. Well, and I shouldn't even be doing it because just found out, went to the doctor yesterday. I do, in fact, have a hernia. Yeah, you're an idiot. So that sucks. I'm a little worried just because uh, I was pretty sure I had one and then went to the doctor. She said it was. And I'm like, okay, so it's an abdominal hernia, so it's up in my stomach. And uh, I'm like, so do I have to have surgery? And she's like, most likely, yes. Okay, well, I'm going elk hunting in like five weeks. Um, So I was just like doing the math. There's no way I'm going to have surgery. Before. Before, because unless they have me like in on Monday, I wouldn't be recovered in time to go. So then I was like, so am I good to hunt? You know, like there's, it's pretty strenuous, you know, we're climbing mountains and got packs on our back. And if we kill something, we'll be packing meat. And she's like, you should be good. You should be good. I mean, you got a small risk of, um, what she call it. I don't remember what the word was. Where it actually pokes out and stays. Or? No, it's called uh, strangulation where it cuts off circulation to whatever your blood through. And yeah. then she's like, you'll have to have emergency surgery if you do that. But she's like, you'll know it if you do it. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, thanks. I mean, I'll just like, be a few hours up in the mountains. I was going to be like, you know, I'm going to be like two hours at least away from any medical assistance. Yeah. But uh, 
So I got to go see a sturgeon soon and see what they say. But so that kind of sucks. But I've been pushing it really hard. I had to. Yeah, it's probably not the smartest thing to be doing. Move a bunch of rock uh, around the house, and then I got two bobcat load scoops worth of gravel today. It's a ton. Uh, whatever it is, it's a six foot scoop, so a ton of gravel, and put it in the back of my truck. So I had to unload it, shovel by shovel. When I got home, there wasn't a big area I needed. And anyway, that that sucked, but it really don't hurt that bad, so that's good. Yeah, maybe you should just take it easy for the next few weeks. We'll you, know, see. you don't want to blow that thing out. I mean, how pissed are you going to be at yourself if you're like, we're a week or two out, and you do for blow your belly button out? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd rather do it here than there, honestly. I don't know, man. I'd rather take the chance of doing i don't know i don't know what i just would try to take it easy just so i could go hunting though i'm sure the freaking listener wants to hear about my hernia yeah no kidding uh yeah so anyway um but today's show is pretty good um it's just you and i today mm-hmm. um andy wasn't able to make it unfortunately he had a death in the family so mm-hmm. everybody send up their well wishes to andy and his family yeah um so he might not be on at least this week we'll see what goes on from here but um Today's show is pretty cool. I actually got in contact with this this guy a few weeks ago. Yeah, he he emailed us. So. He emailed us and uh, told us about himself. I ended up calling him. We had a conversation and decided to have him on the show and talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is um, getting permission on land. You yeah. know, how he goes about – he's he's a young kid. I call him a kid at this point. I mean, 21, <laughs> so younger than us. Uh, he's a young guy, and he has been really successful – about on getting permission on people's properties to hunt. And uh, there's a lot of people listening to us that don't, don't have that same uh, success and maybe they're scared to ask, scared to go down that road. To me, I, it's one, I, I can't stand going and knocking on doors and asking permission for some, for stuff like that. I just, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Most of the permission that I've gotten is because I know them from somebody else or they know who I am, kind of. So it kind of works out. I also, I mean, in the work that I do, I also get to know people and, you know, travel around, obviously see a bunch of different places. And I have brought it up and gotten some permission in that situation. And then you never went and hunted them. Well, a lot of, and that's another thing. Like, I, I, I've never been really good at keeping the permission <laughs> as far as keeping in contact. I remember, one, I remember one you got permission on. He's like, yeah, and then you you never no, went. I went, no. I went out there. I hunted, and I, I got that one really late in the season, and it was going to be a prime spot. And I went to, so season ends. Next season comes around, and I try to get a hold of the dude, and it's a different number and everything now, so I can't get a hold of him. <laughs> so I'm like, well, crap. So, yeah. yeah. I've never been yeah. good at that. Yeah, so today's uh, guest, is his name's Ren Witty. He's out of the St. Louis area. Um, grew up, born and raised here in Missouri. And so, good show. Um, you're going to enjoy it. Before we get into it, we got our sponsor for today's show, Cutty Back. Cutty Back Trail Cameras. Um, boy, they're they're really starting to show themselves i guess you'd say like they're you know who the shooters are by now uh well by now and they should be shedding velvet here in the next few weeks weeks. yeah probably some of them later but 
I usually mid August start to see some of that yeah, happening. Those are coming off. So kind of excited. Uh, so it's a, a fun time of year. Um, use the code MOWW21 if you are still getting ready to order some trail cams and you can save 10%. Also, Cuddyback just came out with, with their app. I know. I downloaded that. Have you used it yet? Yeah. I got it. And uh, I was super impressed because I remember you were having issues, or I don't know if there were issues, but you had a deal where you put in changes, a, a change, and it didn't work. I put in a change on this new app. Yeah. And boom, boom, it was done. So the app is basically the the, the camp website. Right. But it's just easier to use because it's an app. Uh-huh. And you can see all your photos on there. Um, there's a few things I think they're going to be adding, mm-hmm. but I, I still get my email sent to me. And then I look at my photos through the email, but then the app, I go in and change all my stuff. If I deleted the email, the way my freaking email works, I don't know how, once I deleted a message, it's gone. Like there's no archive. It's there's just no freaking, trash like, or there's nothing. No deleted messages. Just gone. It's just gone. Well, the app saves all your pictures. Mm-hmm. So then I can just go through and on oh, that photo or whatever. And so I like it so far. I'm sure they're working on some bug out some bugs because it's a brand new app. Right. I'm sure there'll be a little tweaks here and there. But, but that's pretty pretty badass. You still have the website you can go on and mess with stuff. But this just makes it easier because now I can make all my changes yeah. right on my app. But I will say, when I went on the app, all the changes I had made, that's what they, the settings were. Were they? In the app. Okay. Yeah. So I think it did make the changes. And it just, it just on the website acted like it had. Okay. I gotcha. And I noticed my photos looked like I had made the change. Made the change. That makes sense. Like, I mean, the only thing I did different was I changed the timing on one of my cameras. Like, one of them that we set up, I think we had it on 40 seconds or something. You take a picture every 40 mm-hmm. seconds. I changed that down to 15 seconds. Yeah. You know, it was a pretty simple change. and But, yeah, it happened immediately. Yeah. So, so I was happy with that. Pretty sweet. So check them out. CuddyBackDigital.com, uh, I think. I'm horrible at remembering websites. Yeah. Put um, in Cuddy back. Awesome Cuddy link system. All right. Let's get into today's show, Micah. Unless All you right. got anything else. Let's go five guys. Oh, <laughs> you want to start that crap again. Listen, dude. First off, I'm pretty sure the the poll is over. And yeah. on our Instagram, Highboy won. By what percentage? Was it was it like two. It was like two votes. By two votes. Yeah. Okay. And here's my point. A lot of people voted in our poll. How do you know that? That aren't from Kansas City. Did you check? Yeah, you can see who voted. Okay, so you were snooping and just going around seeing who voted? You just go into the poll and it shows you who voted. I understand that, but what I'm asking, so did you go to those individuals and say, Holy crap, you got to be kidding me. Well, what I'm getting at is you don't know if they've had either. Okay. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people that aren't from Kansas City that I would venture to guess have only had five guys. That's because five guys is good enough to go to more than one city. And oh, more than one so state. is McDonald's. You gonna is that burger better? Uh, I mean, they make billions of okay. dollars a year. All, so all I'm does. saying, all I'm saying is the people who voted for five guys, you are dead to me. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Is that a little harsh? And all I'm saying is. <laughs> People that eat high boy, they're dumb enough to listen to us, so they must be dumb enough to like a lesser burger. That's all I'm saying. Micah is talking <laughs> mad crap on high boy, and that is blasphemy. It's just not, I'm not saying it's not an okay burger, 
But when it comes to Five Guys, it's twice it, as good. No, it's not. And it's it's Americana. Oh, well, we make a sauce with ketchup and mustard. Doesn't everybody put ketchup and mustard on their sandwich already? And they make a beautiful shake for after your burger. Okay, we're not talking about and shakes. And sponsor baseball teams. What's Five Guys do? Nothing. Because they're a giant corporation. I'm not talking about sides. Eating your grade high, D high meat. Boy? High Boy? It's got some good sides. They got some other stuff that's good. Yeah. I'm not talking about sides. I'm talking about the burger. Okay, the burger itself is better. Is not better. You've got to be not. kidding me. I, I, I mean, I'm just. You don't know what you're talking about. That's all I'm saying. I, I do know Look what I'm at talking me. about. I know food. Oh, and okay. guess what? High boy won. That's what happened on Instagram, not on Facebook. On Facebook, it lost by like one. No, and that's because you told all your buddies to vote for five. Guys. I didn't tell anybody yes, you anything. Did. I, I talked to, I talked to your <laughs> See, buddy. He's now like, you're he's, lying. He's, He's calling people to tell them to vote for No, now you're guys. lying. You're now you're I lying. I never lie. What are you talking about? You're lying. Our listeners right now that <laughs> like, are not from care. the area or whatever are like, what the hell are these guys talking yeah, about? What, high boy. And what's a high five boy? Five guys. Yeah. Let's talk about barbecue then. I mean, bar- dude, we got so much good barbecue. It's hard to. I like different things from different. It's ones. all good. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a bad barbecue that I've had. <laughs> Funny you should say that. One of my sayings is, it's just something I say, I would prefer to eat bad barbecue over most good foods any day. Because bad barbecue is still better than like a, another type of good food. I don't know. I love I've I love some, barbecue, man. I do too. But I've had some bad barbecue before. Well, I'm not like talking like inedible. Well, but... I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just saying, and I'll just get into it. My family's from North Carolina. <laughs> I'm just going to get into this. My family's from North Carolina, right? So, back in the day, we'd always travel to North Carolina at least once a year, hang out with family. Well, there was a barbecue joint there that says, Kansas City-style barbecue. Never. Yeah, I guarantee it was garbage. I go in there with my nose up, of course, because I'm like, (laughs) I'm from Kansas City, all right? We know a thing or two. I go in there, and it was by far the worst barbecue I've ever had. And I was like, nope, you guys, you did it wrong. You ain't got it. You ain't got it. I get it. Uh, It happens. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the show. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. With us tonight, our our friend Rin Witty. What's going on, Rin? What's going on, guys? Nothing. One of our earlier shows. I think this is probably the earliest. I feel like. Nah, it's, we've done earlier before. Have but, we? I don't um, remember. Not a, We don't really do there Fridays f- too often they're either. Few and far between. I yeah. know that. Yeah. So we're excited to talk to you, man. Um, Rin, um, we got in, uh, in contact with Rin through email a couple weeks ago. Rin and I have been talking back and forth. Um, about what it is he does, and I thought it'd be a great idea to have him come on the show. Um, so before we get into the topic today, Ren, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're from, what you do for a living, um, and then as you well are well aware, why don't you give us that, what's your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors question? All right, so uh, my name's Ren Witte. Uh live about 20 miles outside of St. Louis, Um I, uh, what else? I am, uh, I just graduated paramedic school and I'm trying to finish up my internship with that. And then I'm also a part-time, uh, farm and ranch hand. 
And I'd have to say uh, my favorite thing about uh, Missouri outdoors is just probably like the diversity. You can do anything. You can deer hunt, duck hunt, trout fish, bass fish. I mean, really anything you want. Yeah, you pretty much can. Bear hunt now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, none of us are probably ever going to do it, but you know, you got the opportunity to at least, right. uh, so you just finished paramedic school. Yep. That's so cool. yeah, I've had my EMT license for about two years now and then just went through that, which was pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get it. Just, uh, just so the listener knows, how old are you exactly? I'm 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, cause that's going to come in handy when we talk about stuff earlier or here later. Right. But, um, yeah. Paramedic school is not, not fun. I actually never finished my, my medics. I was just a EMT when I was a firefighter, uh, about a decade ago now, but, um, which I kind of like because then the medic had to do everything and I just, yeah. What's the difference? I just, what's the difference between a paramedic and an EMT? Uh, EMT can't give IVs, can't start IVs, can't administer drugs. Um, anything changed since my day? I, it's pretty much the same thing, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. The EMT is the guy it. that pounds on the chest and does everything that the medic wants him to, typically. So you're, yeah. you're like an assistant. Kind I mean, kind of, of yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Okay. You, you do basic life-saving skills. Um, you know, you could administer a few. Uh, what, I, could, I can't even remember what it was anymore. I could. I think I could give nitro maybe at the time. I don't remember yeah, anymore, to be honest with you. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so pretty much you were the guy on chest, and and then like uh, when it came to airways, I know nobody gives a shit, but um, when it came to airways, I could only uh, use what's called a combi tube, where medics can use a uh, ET tube and you know yeah. actually intubate a person and tricks uh, and yeah, tricks and stuff, and e, um, EMTs couldn't do that. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, so congrats on that, by the way. Good luck as you are looking towards becoming a fire medic or whatever you're going to do. There's uh, plenty of – tell everybody again where you're from. Where did you say? St. Louis area, correct? Yeah, I'm about 20 miles outside of St. Louis. Yeah, so there's plenty of awesome departments there. Um, and uh, good luck finding yourself a spot. That'll be pretty cool. And then on the side, you do farm and ranching, huh? Yeah, well, I did construction for – or I did, like, construction and cut grass for a while. And then – I was a machinery operator for a little bit, and then now I'm just a farm and ranch hand. Pretty nice. much a mix of all of them. So. You can get a good look at a farmer by sticking your foot up a bull's ass. <laughs> 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 I know I did that wrong. That was on purpose. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, let's get into your background a little bit. We'll talk about kind of a hunter profile with you. Um, you're primarily a bow hunter uh, when it comes to deer hunting. Um, yep. how did you get started? I mean, you're only 21. So, you know, when did you get started bow hunting and, uh, you know, kind of, what do you like so much about it? And, um, we'll just kind of go from there. So, uh, I guess I only really started bow hunting seriously, probably about three years ago or so. And then, or I guess that's when I bought like my first real bow. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't really start hunting until I was probably around eight to 10 years old. I don't know. I had a different kind of upbringing than most, I would say, because my dad doesn't hunt at all. My mom doesn't hunt at all. My grandparents don't hunt. Like no one really hunts except for my one uncle got into it. And he ended up taking me one time when I was a little kid and I ended up liking it. So kind of 
what started it for me. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I was. I I didn't grow up hunting. My dad fished when I was young, so that's all I ever did. Mm-hmm. I went camping and fishing with him, and I didn't hunt until I was older than you. Um, cool. I don't. I was in my early twenties before I went hunting. Uh, I kind of married into a farm family, and that's how it got started for me. But yeah, everybody's got a cool different path, you know. And I mean, yeah. a lot of people you know just rifle hunt and they never go down that that addicting w- road of bow hunting um but you obviously did um so what's some of the things you've learned in your first three years bow hunting i mean have you had success has it been a lot of growing pains uh definitely a lot of growing pains <laughs> but uh i don't know it's just i it's just a lot different than rifle hunting obviously so yeah. uh I didn't really have many. I didn't really have anyone to teach me how to bow hunt because I only rifle hunted with people. So yeah, just learning about the where, just where to hang a stand to the wind. I mean everything I've learned in the last three or three to five years. Yeah, but, you can't be uh, sloppy. I guess you'd call it in bow hunting, right? I yeah, mean, rifle hunting you can yeah. get away with stuff because. You know, if the the deer's 150 yards away, they might not be antsy if they catch your your wind as much as they are when they're five yards away. Uh, although right. if they're five yards away, they should be dead. But you know, you just you can't really be as sloppy as you used to be. And and I'm, it's kind of funny I'm talking to you because once again I was the same way when I first started bow hunting. I sucked, dude. <laughs> I probably mm-hmm. still do. I would just go and be like, "Why well, don't I ever see deer?" Yeah. I didn't listen. You know, I didn't pay attention to wind. I didn't do anything I was supposed to do. And then actually, right. I, I started listening to Dan Johnson and a guy named Mark Kenyon. He's uh, he runs the Wired to Hunt podcast, mm-hmm. and they they would always talk about wind and stuff. And I would start doing, I'd start doing things that they talked about, and then I'd start seeing deer, and then I killed a deer. It, you know, you just you start mm-hmm. kind of learning um, through. Uh, I mean, honestly, for me, it was listening to those podcasts and then talking to people like this this guy right here next to me and uh, mm-hmm. others. But so yeah, um, the the meat of this show is is pretty cool um, because a lot of people struggle with this. Um, it sounds like you've been pretty good at it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, he's done a good job, and especially a lot of younger people struggle with this. Well, it's um, hard. Go ahead. So anyway, what we're going to talk about today is is getting permission to hunt properties. You know, when you're a young guy, um, I don't know what really is around you as far as public land, but, you know, for guys like us, let's say, for instance, there's really not a whole lot of big public, public land, big public land, yeah, yeah, near us. And the the public land that is near us is pretty freaking saturated with hunters, Um not that you can't get it done on them, and plenty of guys and girls kill good deer on them every year. Um, but so, what what's the public land situation around you? Do you have a lot of options, or or what what do you got going on over there? So yeah, there's actually there's about I want to say like three thousand acres of public land, like right like probably about ten minutes away from me. But it's just so so many people that go out there and then there's hikers and people that just go out there all the time so it's really not that i don't know it's 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 a zoo to be honest yeah. with you like but I here's the thing people here, got, 
here's what I'm getting at. 21 year old guy just kind of got into hunting a few years ago or bow hunting a few years ago. A lot of a, a young folks will be like, you know what? I got 3000 acres public. I'm going to go hunt it, you know, because I don't want to put myself out there and, and I guess you'd say put in the work to go get permission on, on private ground. Um, when you have, when you and I have been talking, you've done a good job of, of actually getting yourself some spots to hunt. And so, um, I've listened to shows before that talk about kind of the etiquette and what you want to do. Um, and I think it's great because, you know, if, if there's a young, another young person or even older person out there listening to today's show, you know, maybe they'll take something away from what Rin says about how he goes about getting his permission. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot harder now than it used to be for oh, a yeah, lot of people. Exactly. Hell, I mean, it used to be you could just go knock on a door and nine out of ten times, oh yeah, go ahead, we don't care. But nowadays, you might get one out of ten. Yeah, and even people you know, hell, Mike and I have talked about our show. We've got a family friend that will not let us hunt their property. Yeah, and they like us. There, there's no. It's just like mm-hmm. they've heard all these horror stories with. You know, other people letting other people hunt their properties and then getting sued and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it's definitely gotten, gotten jaded over the years. So yeah. when when you first started bow hunting, when did you start approaching people um, on getting property to hunt? So I live on uh, 10 acres. So I was just hunting there or whatever. And then I was like, man, I really wish I could go like or had like one more spot or I would see a deer driving through my neighborhood and I'd be like, you know, I bet that's a good spot. So, uh, I started watching the seek one guys and I was like, I was like, Oh, I can definitely do that. I was like, I'm going to give that a shot. So I got on, on X and like looked up their names and everything. And so I was like, all right, my one neighbor's got 15 acres. I'm going to see if how this works out or whatever. So I end up going over there and, uh, talking to her and, now I have it down to a system, but then I'm sure it was a mess and Probably she was confused. And I was, um, 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 can, 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 can I handle do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah, nervous. Yeah. I hate – that's one of the so, – uh, yeah, hate knocking on doors. It's one of the worst things yeah. ever. Yeah. So, uh, like, the way I approach it is I was just like, hey, uh, my name's whatever, blah, blah, blah. I do this. Just give them just a basic introduction to – who I am and and then tell them like exactly what your goal is with like hunting there or scouting there, hanging a camera up, whatever it is. And then uh, like I always, cause I, like I always just, I'm like, Hey, I've had experience in construction. If you need your deck fixed ever, if you need any landscaping done, anything like that, just give me a call and I'll be over there as soon as I can, which that is what gets me more permission than anything out of all of it. Like I've had people tell me no a million times. And then I mentioned that and they're like, yes, anytime you want, come out here and do whatever. So, so I'd say that's my main thing. Here's the thing. And we'll, we'll actually break this down more, but here's the thing I always have thought. Uh, okay. You got this, this, property you want to hunt you know when this first property you went and asked your neighbor on 15 acres right nice nice start it's your neighbors you probably knew you 
you know, a little easier to ask. Um, If you don't ask, the answer is already no. Yep. That's the answer. It's the answer on anybody that you don't ask. It's no. So Mm -hmm. the worst that can happen is what? They say no, which you're already not allowed on. It's already a no. You know, now I guess the worst that can happen is they they tell you to get the hell off their property and never come back and <laughs> whatever. But you get I mean, are you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that a lot of people are nervous to ask that question because they don't want to be told no. Well, what's it matter? Yeah. It's already no. So you know, right. have some thick skin, and if someone says no, thank them for their time. Because here's the thing, and you've probably experienced this: just because it's no now doesn't mean it's no next year or the year after. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on from your first time asking because I'm sure, like you said, that was a little bit uh, weird and you were probably nervous. Yeah. And, you know, even though it was your neighbor and you knew her, still probably felt weird asking, you know. I mean, everybody kind of does. But how many – of the properties you hunt, how many of the people that you have asked that you didn't know before you asked them? At least one? All of them except for one. Okay. Or only one of them I knew prior. And then, I mean, I think I'm up to 10 landowners now, or a little over 10. I'm still trying to count them all up and figure it out and stuff. But Are they all in the pretty general area of where you're wanting to hunt are you kind of are you branching out and going different areas and trying after different so so last year i was after one deer and i had 200 acres basically blocked together and with like six six to seven different landowners and then after that like last year was a big learning curve for everything like permission hunting in general i learned so much and then this summer i was like all right it's time to like it started like an addiction of like <laughs> all right let's see if i can hunt here and let's see if i can do this there and blah 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 and then that 200 acres turned into 700 acres in about four months of hard work so that's it's pretty yeah, impressive that, getting different landowners that are all adjoining or whatever to say yes to you Although yeah. it might be helpful if one says it, you know, the next one might be more apt to say it. And But yeah. so let's, let's kind <clears> of <throat> break this down with someone, especially when you don't know them. So your first step is you get on Onyx, find out who the landowners are, get their information. Mm-hmm. What's your next step? Do you make a phone call next or do you show up? So I've found out that, or with me at least, when someone when you say you're 21 years old and you call them on the phone they're most likely going to tell you to piss off (laughs) so i've had i've just had better luck just going straight up to the door and that's definitely been a lot better because i don't know if i can i can see exactly why because i wouldn't want some young kid calling me and being like hey like can i come on because who knows what well it's yeah. and it's always easier to tell somebody no over the phone you yeah. know yeah you know yeah so then it is face to face okay so you usually show up um mm-hmm. i'm guessing you've had to come back before because someone wasn't home or whatever but uh first impressions i mean this is true on anything you do in life first impressions most people will make a, a will 
what form an opinion of you in the first 10 seconds that they, they meet you. So, yep. uh, when you show up to someone's property, uh, I'm guessing you try not to look like a slob. Yep. Um, you know, you, if you went to work that day and farming, you probably go home, take a shower, put on some better clothes than your work clothes so that you, you know, not that work clothes are bad, but you know, you show up all dirty and grimy. They think they might think something different yeah. about you. So how do you, how do you approach that first 10 seconds with somebody you pull up in their driveway? How are you kind of, what, what's going through your mind that first time you meet them? So I treat it like a job interview, like look presentable, speak clearly, just everything you want to do in a job interview. That's exactly what I do. So when I'm pulling up, like majority of the time I've like driven by or just kind of looked at the property. But if I don't, then I'm, I'm looking for any like signs, trespassing signs, gates, like anything like that. Like beware of dog. Like Pig stuff ass German like Shepherd meet you at the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that might be a better one to call because you don't know. I mean, people out here, I live in more of a rural area, but you never know what. Sure. people are going to do so th- those are might be some of the better ones to uh call or maybe people have like you can see like bow targets and stuff like that so those are probably no's but <laughs> right. it's all stuff like that but so do you I'd try to just go ahead <clears throat> i'd say just like a good firm handshake speak clearly like don't be talking with your head down eye contact just just be act like you want to be their best friend for the, ever and people will treat you with a lot more respect and not yeah you gotta have a lot of confidence off the, yeah yeah right yeah you're you're, you're kind of looking at the ground kicking your foot you know yeah, um, i was wondering can hey I, uh, uh, can i kill some deer on your property you know right. that sounds a lot different than hey how you doing my name's Rin. Uh, mm-hmm. do you have a few minutes? Uh, I'd like to talk to you about something, you know, um, yep. you know, I mean, and you know, stuff that kind of runs through my mind is I've been lucky enough. <clears throat> I've never really had to ask permission of somebody I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. but stuff that I've thought about because I have thought about asking someone, but just don't need to is, you know, where you park your truck. Um, you know, Parking it right in front of their garage door or something right up on their house might be a little aggressive. Um, maybe yeah. kind of parking off, you know, a little bit off the driveway a little bit so that, you know, they might see you walking towards the front door and, you you know, they can tell you're, you're dressed nicely. I'm not, I'm guessing you're not wearing a suit and tie, but, no, you know, no. you're not, you know, dressed like an you're idiot. You're not in dirty jeans and a cutoff shirt or anything right, like right. that. You know, so they can he okay. Just describe my attire. <laughs> right that now, I'm wearing. wearing. Yes. That I'm wearing. <laughs> He's got a beer in his hand, a cutoff shirt, sure. dirty I shorts. Do that on purpose, I promise. <laughs> You're fine, man. I got, just got off work. He so. already got the job, so it don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they can see you walk into their door. You know, you go knock on the door, or whatever. Um, and then when you first meet them, kind of, what's your process? What do you try to say to them, and how do you how do you approach it? without sounding like a complete jackass. So I always just tell them a little bit about myself. And then I always mention like, yeah, I have a couple other landowners that help me or that allow me to hunt and stuff like that. And then 
all the EMS stuff, I definitely mentioned that because people are, they like cater to that. I learned that from someone who was a cop. He's like, I say it all the time and people let me on. So I was like, <laughs> I started doing it and it started working. So that seems like a dirty trick. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you did all the work to become a firefighter or fire medic, I mean, you might, I mean, well, you use might as well use it to your advantage when you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, uh, just do that. And then like, people need work done all the time. Like people don't want to work anymore. And so, I mean, you said like, I just tell them, I just do simple things. And I'd say only 30% of the landowners will actually come and have you do something right. Maybe once or twice a year. So like this one lady, she let me hunt all Turkey season, all deer season. And I trimmed three bushes for her that took me 10 minutes and that's all it took. And then another one, she needed me to move like 10 boards. So I moved 10 boards, like just little simple stuff like that. People like, you don't realize people can't do it or don't have anyone to do it. So it's a pretty good lease right really, there. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're, if you're equating that to paying, you know, it's really not that, that expensive, but um, no. you know, it's now when you, when you first approach them, now, I don't know this part, but I'm assuming you also rifle hunt or have rifle hunted before or some yep. of these properties you might ask permission on. Uh, yeah, do you kind of well, – Yeah. I mean, you break they, it down on what you want to do out there? At first, do you um, – so here's what I can see. I can see people a lot less apt to let somebody gun hunt on their property than bow hunt on their property um, just because, obviously, a rifle – is more powerful, can do more damage at further distances, you know, that sort of stuff. People, some people don't like guns, all that stuff. When you first approach them, do you basically say, Hey, I'm only wanting to bow hunt or how, I mean, and then once you get your foot in the door, do you approach them on the rifle side, maybe the next year or how have you handled that so far? Yeah. So you definitely, well, you definitely got to read the person and I would say, start off with like bow hunting because that's like the most safe i would say as like as in a ricochet or anything of that sorts but definitely read the person for sure uh i personally don't have any uh like permission on to rifle hunt anywhere except for like the same farm i've been going to since i was a kid but other than that like all the recent ones i've gotten i actually don't rifle hunt or can't rifle hunt on any of those but some of them let me turkey hunt which is fine with a shotgun and then i'm a big duck hunter too so or duck and goose hunter so they're all fine with the shotguns but a lot of them don't allow rifles which i mean it's fine with me but yeah no i, I get it i mean I, and i can understand from a landowner yeah you mm -hmm. know they don't know you really well yet yeah and you go and are stupid with a rifle and end up shooting somebody you know yeah, they feel like it might come back on them and or just something you know shoot. and i'm no yeah. lawyer so i have no idea if they would be liable for something you did on their property but state of uh, missouri no are you sure yeah as or, long as he is not paying you get them. your law degree there no we nice. uh, we talked to uh remember when we had the mrap lady on Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she explained as long as you are not paying them to hunt on their land, then they have no responsibility or or no 
Yeah, nothing can come back on them. Yeah, I'd go ahead and still consult a lawyer on that one. Okay, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but yeah, she did say that. I remember that now. But um, yeah, no, and I get it. And it's easier when you say, you know, I'm, I'm bow hunting. So it's more like a, especially to a person that you're you're talking to that doesn't hunt or has never hunted. Yeah. It's more of a natural, yeah. more of a natural thing. You know, I'm trying to get intimate with these deer. You know, I'm trying to be right up with them and mm-hmm. you know kill them the way our ancestors did and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe that sells a little more to the, the person, although it has not worked for you and I yet, has it? No, <laughs> not in that aspect. Not with that. Not, not with, with that particular landowner. I've no. gotten permission before from other people and, but I always just tell them up front, like, I'm just want to bow hunt. I don't want to rifle. I mean, I, I, I yeah. go somewhere else to rifle. I don't even want to worry about that here. So that just relieves that tension altogether. Yeah. Yeah, and I got some landowners that won't let me, like, they've told me, no, I don't want you messing with the deer at all, like, nothing. And I'm like, like, I've had, like, one of my target bucks going there. I'm like, listen, I'm after one single deer, like, and I'll show them a picture of it. And I'll be like, this is the only deer I'm after. And then they're like, okay, that's fine. But I have a couple landowners that won't let me kill any deer except for, like, the, the tar- my target buck or anything like that really wow yeah i mean it's i guess their prerogative once again but well i mean you gotta think you gotta look at it from their side they might not be hunters to more than likely if they're letting somebody else on their land they're probably not hunters and uh they probably i mean i enjoy looking at deer i'm sure other people enjoy looking at deer and so they just think oh this guy's gonna come in here and kill all my deer and i'm never gonna see any anymore so i mean i get it so you gotta you gotta do whatever you can to get the yeah, get it done. So. And and that's probably where you educate the landowner too. At least for a guy like me, like if I was talking to somebody and that was their response to me, mm-hmm. one of the things I would say is, listen, at the very most, I'm going to kill two deer here this year. Yeah, that's that's all I like. I don't need more than two deer a year. I really don't need more than one as far as meat goes. Right. So, mm-hmm. have you ever had to have that conversation? Be like, listen, I, I first off, it's illegal for me to kill this many, you know, f- ten deer off your property. But right. um, where you, you know, promise them or something, hey, I'll only take this one. Or, you know, uh, if I find one that I'd like to take, I'll, that's the only one I'll, I'll try to, to try to kill. I mean, have you had to have that conversation with anybody before? Um, so, yeah, and yeah, no. It's all the land, depending on the landowner. Like, I've had to bring them, like, some of them, like, want me to bring them jerky or sausage or something like that which is always good because people that don't hunt really i guess don't really have deer meat ever if no one else gives it to them so you'd be surprised how many people are looking for that especially now like people wanting to eat lean meat and like know where their food comes from and stuff like that but we have like some buddies that donate to uh like a sanctuary for animals and stuff like that too. So yeah, we always throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just getting ready to ask you if you ever give gifts because that's one thing I, I think would be pretty cool is to, you know, Mm -hmm. even if they don't ask for it, you know, you make them 20 pounds of jerky, give it to them on Christmas or something, or, you know, give them a gift card to, you know, a a restaurant or something as a thank you, you know, um, probably goes a lot further than you think it does when you know you got that landowner that maybe gave you permission this year but it was like a 
<laughs> you snuck in by the skin of your teeth and mm-hmm. you don't know if you'll keep it, you know, maybe stuff doing stuff like that can help solidify that relationship. Yeah, there's definitely I definitely have a one piece of property where I bugged the hell out of them hunting it last year, so I definitely helped them out a lot. Like I'm probably up there working at their house every two weeks, but they don't they're one of the people that only want me killing one buck, which I'm fine with, but I really want to keep that property bad. So I've had to work really hard to keep that, which is fine with me, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely got to be able to be able to, and want to work super hard if you're going to have a bunch of landowners and stuff, cause it takes a lot. And if you get a random text on a Tuesday night that they need help with something like you just got to run over there and do it. So, so I mean, that kind of gets into the question I'm about to ask. How do you kind of get to the point where you're like, I'm not really getting the deer or seeing the deer that I want to see on this property. Do you ever just let them go and just be like, I'm not going to worry about that property anymore. It's, I, it's no use to me, whatever you want to call it. And do you just say I'm out or do you let the landowner know, Hey, I'm not going to be, I'm not really going to be hunting there that much or, you know, how do you go about that? Yeah. So I never let them go. That's for sure. Cause you never know what's exactly. going to happen. Yeah. And so, um, there's been a, yeah, there's definitely been a couple times where I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be over here this much or like if the deer, like I know the deer are going to be there during December or something be like, Hey, I'm really not going to bother you much until they start moving back in here. Like they always do in December or just little stuff like that. Like you got your early season spots or, or maybe you're just not seeing what you want to see there in general. So you're just, I don't know. It's all landowner dependent, like I said, but Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and do you have a method or what do you like to do as far as keeping your your landowners happy do you text them every every year or is this an ongoing throughout the year that you're talking to these people so a lot of them i'm talking to them most of the year but then there's a couple where i they're super cool and i text them at the beginning of the year and they're like yep go for it anytime you want and so there's some like that and then Others have gate codes that you got to, maybe they change the gate code or, but I'd say most of them, I text them all throughout the year, either turkey hunting or like preseason stuff or yeah. hunting stuff like that. And you're just kind of like, Hey, just FYI, you know, season's coming up. I'm probably going to be driving around. You obviously yeah. know what I drive. So you might see my truck, that sort of thing. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Keeping or them updated like, hey, on you know, like you were saying, it's during the season. Hey, I might not be here much in September, just so you know. I'll probably be here in, starting in October or whatever. But, you know, because in the back of your mind, you've got to be worried about someone stepping on your toes. Yeah. Which it, it may have happened to you. But, you know, if if you've got this landowner who says yes to you, maybe that person doesn't really understand what giving you permission <laughs> means. And so after yeah. they give you permission – some other dude shows up two months later and they haven't seen you since then or talked to you. Mm-hmm. And he asks and they say yes to him. 
And yeah. now you've got another person with permission that you don't even know that exists yet. Um, yeah. Have you had that happen? And how did you approach that if that's happened to you? So um, I haven't had someone else have permission on where I hunt yet, but I have found tree stands and I have had people walk up on me while I was hunting, which is always interesting. Right. But um, most of the time, like I just try to form like a personal relationship, like almost like a friendship yeah. with the landowner. And uh, like they end up rooting for you. Cause like, like I would get done hunting and they like, they text me like, did you get them? Like, did you get them? Blah, blah, blah. Cause a lot of them really like seeing trail cam pictures. Like, cause I guess most people for not in the hunting industry or, or not hunting industry, but like in the Just hobby, into hunting. Then, yeah. Yeah. Then you don't really ever see stuff like that. So I always send them trail cam pictures or, and they're always like, all right, like, come on, like get them. Like they're always like rooting for you, which is cool. But definitely uh, on X has helped a lot with uh people walking up on me and uh i found a couple trail cams and i've had to take down a couple tree stands and stuff like that so tell me about that time i mean the persons that- are they like no i'm on my property are they like poachers type or, of- or are they even hunters are they just people like think that you aren't supposed to be here so um i their property touches uh like the very corner of this property and so, like, when I was doing, a, like, my scouting and stuff, they I don't, they just got – they're one of those people that hunts over the old uh, corn pile, ah. which made me That's very That's illegal, angry. brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very angry. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we were – me and my buddy were just turkey hunting, and all of a sudden, these guys came walking up to us or whatever, and I'm, I'm like – like I've always heard the horse stories, duck hunting, like all that mess. So I was just trying to be as calm as possible, even though I knew exactly who they were. So I was like boiling, but I pulled up on X immediately. I was like, Hey, you guys aren't supposed to be here at all. And he tried to tell me that he had permission here and that it was a, an easement of the state so he could hunt it and all this stuff. But um, I, he was just not, he's just not a nice guy. So I was like, Hey man, if you don't get out of here, like I'm going to have to get a ward out here to get rid of you. And he's, I don't know. He tried to ask to see if I could, if he could hunt down from me on my property and all that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a mess. Well, and that's gotta be a little nerve wracking for a guy like you too, because the last thing you want is to bring drama to your landowner. Right. Like this person is, you know, trespassing on your landowner's property and you, you don't, you almost don't want to go tell your landowner, Hey, this is happening or whatever, because you don't want to piss them off and be like, well, I don't want you fighting with my neighbor over here. Um, If if you're going to be fighting with them, you're out of here or whatever. And you know, when you didn't even do anything, um, that's probably a good thing to bring up when you're talking to them and be like, Hey, if I do happen to find anybody that's actually hunting on your property you didn't know about, how do you want me to approach that situation? You know, do you mm. want me to kick them out? Do you want to handle it? How do, how do you want to go about that? So that might be something to yeah. think about. I've had to do that twice now because I caught someone on trail cam, which helped because I was like, hey, do you know this person? And they 
we're like, yeah, just tell him to get out of here. And then uh, one guy I actually knew, so I drove straight to his house and let him have it because <laughs> he's not a nice guy at all. But <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Well, and another thing that people need to kind of do to help secure those properties, I, I think at least, and I'm sure you do this, is you've done all the work getting permission. You know, mm-hmm. you've you've dressed up real nice, put on your nice cologne, you know, your nice hat, not your, your work hat. And at least I got a nice hat and work hat. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you go to the door, you did all this work. They give you permission, and then you treat their property like shit. Yeah. That's a good way to just lose it right away. Oh, so, yeah. you know, having etiquette while you're hunting, you know, so um, – I'm guessing you discussed this with your landowners. Hey, where would you like me to park when I come and hunt? Um, yep. You know, is there certain times or days that you don't want me coming in the mornings? Um, you know, that sort of stuff. And then, you know, really standing by those things. Because mm-hmm. if, I w- if I was a landowner who did not hunt and you showed up at my damn house at 445 in the morning that I told you not to be here. And, yep. you know, maybe I've got in a driveway alarm or something. It goes off and wakes me up. I wouldn't be very happy. So, you know, how do you handle that? Once you've gotten the permission, you pivot to your, I guess you'd call it your etiquette. What do you do there? So, like, I always just ask the landowner because you never want to find out if you weren't (laughs) or if you were or weren't supposed to do something. So, like, obviously, I'd never leave any trash and all all that. But, um, like, there's a couple things where, like, I have to walk outside of the dog's electric fence or he'll freak out and wake up everyone or um in the mornings at this one house i can't park inside the gate i gotta park outside the gate and some people don't want me driving up their driveway because my my truck's like pretty loud so like i end up walking like decent ways sometimes which is fine but it's definitely something you want to discuss because People can get very uh, angry because I know I would be very angry if I came off a long shift and then got woke up three hours later by someone. some damn kid chasing deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so I mean, is you pretty much do that just right off the bat? You know, um, yeah. Do you are you against me hunting mornings? If so, are there specific mornings you don't want me to hunt? Um, mm-hmm. One thing I started doing and. I don't even have to do it. So one of the properties I hunt is our, our family's farm. We own it, but there are our renters there now. And one thing I've always done, I don't necessarily have to, but I will text the person that rents now and just say, Hey, I'm going to be here tomorrow morning hunting so that they know I'm coming and you know, I don't surprise them or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that how you pretty much handle Every time you go hunt somewhere, you know, that night you've made a decision, you're going to go hunt this property here. Do you almost always let them know you're coming or how do you, how do you handle those things? It gets kind of tricky with that just because like wind shifts and stuff like that. So, uh, some people just say, come whenever, like, I don't care if I see your truck there. That's why I know you're down there. But most people I'll text the night before and I'll just kind of say like, hey, like I may or may not be there tomorrow, depending on if the wind shifts to the south or whatever like that. And that's usually how uh, 
I go about that at least is I always just send a text the night before yeah. some people I can text in the morning, but it kind of depends, but, and it probably, they probably appreciate that. Cause then, you know, they're not surprised that you're there. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's going to come this afternoon or whatever. So we know Ren's going to show up sometime before dark and be hunting. Yeah. But that's a good point is to yeah. have those conversations up front with your landowners and not do all this hard work mm-hmm. to get prop or to get the permission and then you shit it away by you did something stupid, you know, showing up and parking in their yard uh, yep. that they are very particular about, right? Right? Like Micah knows, <laughs> he does it to me on freaking purpose. Right. I don't like people driving in my yard. I've got a goddamn driveway. Like I don't know why <laughs> you have to drive in the grass. And yep. he does it to me on purpose just to piss me off. That is a fact. But if if you were a stranger. And I gave you permission to my hunt my property, and I watched mm-hmm. you drive in and then just drive straight through the grass to park your truck. I'd be like that piece of crap, you know. And that would that would immediately turn me off of this guy. I really don't know yet. Right. So yep. you you make a good point. That's a great time to have those those conversations. Is immediately after they've given you permission. Okay. Thank you very much. Now let's move on to the plan of action here. What what mm-hmm. do you want? What do you not want? You know, I'm sure you ask questions about hanging tree stands. Can I can I trim can I trim trees? Yeah, Are that's you, a big one too. Yep. Like food plots and like cut and shooting lanes are big ones because I accidentally cut down a tree I wasn't supposed to, or like a tree I wasn't supposed to, and they were not too happy with me. But ooh, <laughs> I bet that was like crap. Out. I'm gonna lose this one, huh? Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, she just didn't want me cutting down any trees. It wasn't like a particular tree, but yeah, I get whatever. it. Yeah, it happens, and that's why it's good to have. And that was probably a learning, a learning yeah. curve for you. Like, okay, I, I, I pissed her off. Probably should yeah. start talking to people about that moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, if you're a young kid or anybody that's hunting, and hunting property is hard to find, which we all know it is. The last thing you want to do is work your ass off, finally get permission somewhere, and then lose it because you didn't kind of, what, follow through, I guess, cover, on that. Cover all your bases. Yeah, cover your bases. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it happens to all kinds of people. I mean, I hear stories all the time that, yeah, this guy came in and cut down three of my oaks oaks <laughs> that I planted for my dead dog yeah, yeah, or whatever. And, you know, you think you're going to stay there next year? No. I'll probably I'd be right. cutting your tree stands out for you, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So, um, yeah, last thing you want to do is make somebody angry when they really don't have to help, help you out. Now, right. obviously, there's a lot of folks that approach leasing someone's property where you pay them money. And, I mean, you, you have a lot of rights at that point. But I'm guessing at 21 years old, just getting out of medic school, you are not loaded rich where no. you can pay somebody – uh, $20 per acre <laughs> to lease their property, whatever the hell it is. I don't I, know. I think that that's probably about, about right. right. Probably about 20. It might be more in some areas. So if you got a 200 acre farm at $20 per acre, what is that? Like four grand? Yeah. It's like four grand. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure you could approach it that way and try that out, but you probably are not loaded to where you can do that at every property. Yeah. And now I like, uh, 
like we're looking into duck leases and stuff like that and i've been doing that for a long time and i'm just kind of like man i really don't want to spend that much money on a duck lease so now i've been starting to dabble into getting duck hunting permission because i've been doing that for way longer than i've been like a big deer hunter or bow hunter so i would think that duck and stuff like that i would think that'd be a little easier to get i was just getting ready to ask you that how do you do you feel like it's easier or harder to get duck and goose hunting permission so like it's obviously like based on the migration so you got to do it quick so like you can't really ever i'd say it's honestly harder because you can't really build a relationship with them because it's more of like a driving or like do like scouting or whatever and you see them in a field or loaded up in this like cattle pond and you gotta like do it quick like hey and there's just a lot going on too like like dozens of decoys layup lines like getting there super early like guns are involved right there's usually there's usually more than one person there and it's you all gotta like you gotta do it quick because you you most likely want to hunt that afternoon or the following morning so i'd say it's probably harder to be honest i would almost but, equate that a little bit closer to like coyote hunting permission yeah. not that you are like quick 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 with coyote hunting but you might be driving around and all of a sudden you see a bunch of coyotes in this field every single night you find out who the landowner is there's rifles involved at that point and usually mm-hmm. multiple people mm-hmm. i mean i typically i don't know that i've ever went by myself so yeah, I mean, it, it kind of almost mirrors that a little more, but I could see where it's a little harder just because unless yeah. unless you know there's a certain po- pond or lake that every single year is going to have ducks on it, right. you, you kind of have to, like you said, wait for your timing and fly by yeah. the seat of your pants. Yeah. yeah but, that's a good point. What else, man? I mean, you've given a lot of good information about what you do and how you go about it. Um, Mm -hmm. anything that we haven't touched on that, that you do that might be helpful. I mean, the whole reason I wanted to talk to you was I think it's pretty damn impressive that at 21 years old, you've got access to a lot of property. We'll just say that, you know, you've talked to multiple people that you don't know you've gotten Mm -hmm. and you've been successful. Um, I like, what is your success rate? You sitting at like 90% dude. I mean, like. It yeah, usually sitting, doesn't happen that way. Yeah, I'm sitting pretty high, to be honest with you. I think I've only been declined. Like, I mean, obviously you've been declined a lot, but like not what you would, not what people would think when you would go up and walk up someone's door. Yeah, like, I mean, I remember listening reason- to Dan Johnson one time. Not to cut you off, I'll let you finish. But, and I think he said like he got thirty no's before he got his first yes. Yeah. You know, and that's what a lot of people experience. So then they get discouraged. Yeah. And they quit asking because they're like, well, it's it's going to be no. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on is at 21 years old, not to keep going back to that, but, you know, a lot of 21-year-olds, 20 especially me, I didn't have my shit together at 21 years old, let alone, you know, right. like to get that done. And so it was pretty cool that you've, you've been successful in a lot of different properties at a young age. And so I thought it'd be good to, for you to give your side. How do, how do you do it? And, um, it's pretty cool that yeah. you're that successful. I mean, you might've just hit like a stroke of luck and, you know, maybe the landowners talk. And, oh, mm-hmm. is that another thing I was going to ask you? 
do you give numbers out of other landowners? Uh, let's say you let's say you you asked me, right? And I said yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Do you have you ever asked that landowner, hey, can I give your number out to someone else after you've kind of built a relationship if they want to talk to you to see how I am? Uh, almost like a reference. Um, yeah, no, I haven't done that. I have asked for like, do you have your other neighbor's phone number? <laughs> but yeah. uh, I have not done that, no. But yeah, going back to what you like uh, said earlier, like this most recent property I just got, which is probably like probably going to be my best property this year. Uh, like it was just a Facebook post. It said, Hey, looking for a part-time farmhand, blah, blah, blah. So my immediate thought was, okay, let's see how many days a week I have to work here. Or if I go work here one afternoon a week to get hunting permission. And I ended up just taking the job because it sounded good anyways. And now it's, I got like a 200 acre farm. I can go hunt whenever I want. So, and I only did, that was only like a month and a half ago. Nice. So that was like, that was a big one for sure. But I've had buddies, I've had buddies like try to do it or whatever, or uh, they're out like scouting for ducks or really anything. And they're like, yeah, the landowner won't let me get on there. I tried doing this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let me call them and I'll end up calling them and, just talking to them and getting permission but it's all about how you present yourself like try not to stutter or anything like that but i've done it so many times that i i've almost got like a i could probably i'd probably say the same exact words to every single landowner but i will say this there are certain people that are more cut out to talk to strangers than others yeah i mean i'm just thinking of our friend group there's one of us that we would probably send in to ask permission. And, and then there's rough. another one that we would never send yeah. in to ask permission. Like, no, no, you stay in the truck, bud. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if you got buddies that are, are struggling, it's probably, it's, I mean, nothing against them, but some people just don't do well in those sorts of situations. You got to you gotta be a salesman and not everybody's a salesman. Or just, you know, easy to talk to. Like Rin yeah. is easy. I mean, we've only talked to him now for an hour, but... I talked to him the other day on the phone too. He's easy to talk to, you know, he's a presentable looking dude and you know, he'd be easy to talk to. Whereas, you know, Micah shows up, you going to talk to this loser. <laughs> ah, <laughs> <got jokes. laughs> so, I mean, it sucks for some people when they just keep getting told no. And it's just because they, they can't get over it. <laughs> you know, they, they keep yeah. stuttering or they, they pop their fingers and you know, they look like they're high on meth right now when they're, they're not, <laughs> they just are too nervous. Yeah. Um, That's another thing. I think like the EMS background helps a lot because I've had to talk to people in some crazy situations and had to like talk and do whatever during God knows what was going on. But yeah, that definitely helps a lot. Cause it's like, Oh, if I can, talk to this person when this just happened or this is currently happening then what's i'm just all i have to do here is walk up to the person's door and just have a conversation with them so that yeah. definitely say that definitely helps or trained me into that type of deal i guess but i want to know how you slide it in there like 
as you're in the middle of talking to them, be like, oh, and by the way, I can take your blood pressure for you because I am an EMT, soon to be medic. So if you need uh, your blood pressure taken or, you know, whatever, I'm your guy. Right. Yeah, no, I just do that. I just kind of say, just tell them what I do. Right. Like yeah. when I say my name and age and stuff like that. But Yeah, that's that can't hurt you, I'm sure. Um, dude, appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I thought out of all the people I've ever talked to, he's got to be the most successful person that's that's getting permission. I mean, you know, me and Micah have been beaten down, not really beaten down the doors, but trying to get permission at this one farm for four years. or five years and years. it's still been a no we really haven't mm-hmm. tried lately yeah we kind of given up on it uh, almost but so it's it's pretty amazing that at 21 years old you're able to hunt private ground the way you really want to try to hunt it i'm sure there's some things you don't get to do exactly how you'd want to right and you know it kind of keeps the pressure off that public ground around you i mean worst case scenario you've got it but it's it's nice that uh you know you kind of had the wherewithal to say you know what i don't really want to go to the zoo like you said i want to try to hunt some private stuff yeah yeah and the quality of deer is definitely way better because there's no point restrictions out here where i'm at so definitely the quality of deer is a lot better and you can manage it like a lot better and stuff like that because that, that that's really what happened last year. That was a big uh, learning curve for me was I was after that was probably last season was the most I've ever hunted in my entire life. I think I sat over 70 times and I was after only one deer or two deer that whole time. And, but you definitely will not get the quality on the public land where I'm at personally. I know there's plenty of, world-class deer on public land but where yeah. i am at um so i i'd be i'd be stupid not to ask did you ever end up punching a tag on either of those deer i did not unfortunately so it was, okay uh, they skated you it happens you know i yeah. i've not killed deer i've been after before too all of us are have. they back this year i was getting ready to ask have you do you have do you run trail cams and are you you got them again or what's what's going on with them so I do have one of them, but the the one I'm really after, I've only gotten three trail cam pictures of them ever, and it was only a it was in February. Yeah. It's like like when I say last year was a learning curve. I I've never been around a deer of that class before, and I never understood how unbelievably smart they were, like. To the extent where I would be sitting in the tree stand. Like I had them at uh, 72 yards one time, and then I had them at 100 yards five times last season. But I was, I was telling my buddies, I'm like, I'm like, I'm telling you, this is, I know everyone says this, this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my entire life, but this is a giant. And they were like, show us a trail cam picture. I know you, I know you got pics of all these other bucks, blah, 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 but. He, I would watch him walk around the trail camera like 20 or 30 yards to get out of range. Like he would not. It was the craziest thing ever. But yeah, dude, I didn't end up. You're right. Anybody. They're smart. Uh, you do you listen to Nine Finger Chronicles ever? I do not. All no. right. So Dan Johnson is the host. He's the owner of Sportsman's Nation. He talked about this one time where he had 
a trail cam over a mineral site and all kinds of deer on it, obviously, but he had a dude steal from him. He stole the guy. I think he had it two years in a row. A guy stole some trail cams from him. So then Dan Mm. put another trail cam there and then put another trail camera up in a tree, like 20 feet up in a tree to catch the guy stealing from him. I I think if I'm remembering the story correctly and on that second trail camera, he caught a very mature deer, never hitting that mineral site, but coming down that path and then walking behind the tree with the trail cam. And not a single time did that, that buck get in front of that trail cam that was sitting right there on the mineral. And he's thought, you know, that's, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. How, he knows that thing is there and it's almost like he doesn't want to be on camera. He knows what it's almost knows what it's doing, which is you know, crazy. It's crazy yeah. that they, I don't know that they know it's a camera, but why else would he be walking behind the thing? If he, yeah, if it was no big deal. That's like, I spoke to someone or I ended up going on like a Turkey hunt up in uh, Northeast Missouri this year. And, uh, the guy, the guy I was talking to ran an outfit or whatever, and he was just showing me some of the pictures and stuff, probably trying to sell me a hunt. But uh, I was like, I was like, dude, I gotta ask, how do you get pictures of these deer? I was like, I got, I got a deer, I cannot get a picture of, but I've seen him in person like ten times, and he's like, hang him in, in the tree, pointing like down. He's like, do not hang it eye level, and I was like, that makes, I mean, it makes sense, but. Yeah. So I'm trying that out now, but I wouldn't I be surprised see. either when you were hunting and you had him at 70 yards and a hundred yards that, and you'll, you'll probably learn this more if he, he's back this year and you're able to hunt him again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised that that did that deer wasn't aware of your presence, which oh, is yeah. why he was a hundred yards away from you and not oh, right on top of you. He knew for sure. Cause I, that's one thing I learned of last year is burning out spots because that was a big problem because during the rut I hunted 14 days straight and was <laughs> out there going nuts. Not at one particular property, but all in the same like general area. But that's one thing I'm or I'm trying to be better at is because I just couldn't get permission. He wouldn't leave this three-acre plot, would not leave it. He would stay 50, 60 yards on the other side of the fence and would not jump it at all. Refused. But yeah. Safe haven. Yep. He knew where he was safe. That's why he's old. Yeah. Because he's not dumb. How how big are we talking? Just so the <laughs> p- listeners can get an idea. How big do you think he you think is? think he's a six-year-old type of deer, or what do you think he well, is? So I didn't even know he existed until probably, uh, I think it was October 10th. Because I was after a buck I called Tupac. And, uh, it was like, it was just one of the craziest moments ever. Like I looked to my left and literally like a beam of light was just shining. And all I saw was just a rack. And I've, I've never, he's definitely, he's just wide, like super wide. He's definitely like a 160, 170 class deer. Like the, like literally took my breath away. Cause I've never seen a deer like that but yeah he's he's a big boy but yeah the heart you tried to catch your heart as it was outside of your body yep you yeah. know i i get i've had that feeling yeah that's pretty like, cool i just remember i was 
like he wasn't coming towards me so i grunted at him and then the whole time i'm grunting at him I'm like i don't even know how if he comes in if i'm gonna be able to shoot like i really don't know i gotta i was just trying to get myself back in line but yeah well dude uh i hope he shows back up this year and yeah. i hope you hope you know you smoke him. use the experiences you had last year i mean We've all been, I, I was that way before a couple of years ago too, where I hunted way too much. Like I, I that mm-hmm. sounds stupid because hunting's awesome, but you can burn an, a property out. And so, yeah. um, you know, hopefully you can use some of the experiences you had last year with him. And, mm-hmm. uh, if he shows back up, you know, you can actually put him on the ground and, um, get him. So uh, we're, we're rooting for you. Hopefully you do that and then you can come back on here and we can do a tales of the chase and hear that story. Hopefully, that's the plan at least. All right, Ren. Well, we really appreciate your time. You did a great job kind of telling everybody how you go about getting prop, uh, permission on properties. Hopefully, you'll help somebody listening to this um, at least get courage enough to go ask. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, the answer is always no unless you ask. So, yep. uh, Ren is a, a real-life example of someone who is not scared to go ask and has been really successful doing it. So it's still possible in the year 2021. Not everybody hates you. You can go and and get permission on property still. It can be done. Yep. All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Thank you, Ren, for coming on the show, giving some people some pointers, some advice. It's not easy. Uh, for a lot of people to get out there, knock on doors, asking permission. I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. Thankfully, I don't have to do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there are. I mean, I wish I, I wish I had what he has in him to go out there and do a little more. Because we're probably missing out on a lot by not going out and searching a little more. Because we're kind of we're pretty blessed in the fact that we do have our set spots where we can do whatever we want as far as working the property and you know hunting it freely and that sort of thing and that's not the case for a lot of probably a lot of our listeners so you know thanks to him for coming on and and he did a good job of kind of explaining how exactly he does it yeah i mean it's not easy to explain it just because it's you do what you do but you know even like painting the picture on you know where you park how you are dressed how you you know walking up to their front door because they could be watching you through the window. I mean, so, you know, you don't want to be looking at their house or, you know, yelling at your girlfriend on the phone or something (laughs) while you're walking. Yeah. Um, Because like we were said in the show, first 10 seconds, somebody meets you usually is how they form an opinion of you. Yeah. They say you're not supposed to judge people, but people People definitely do. do. I mean, it's human nature. It's human natural. I don't think that's the right (laughs) term, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's people do it. Yeah. You know, and that's it's just it is what it is. But he did a good job of talking about what it is he does, and it obviously works for him. So maybe it'll help one of you out there get permission. It's about that time. You should have really already had your permission set up. Yeah. But some people procrastinate. Maybe well, kind of like me a few years ago, I lost permission in the middle of my summer, earlier than this, but in summer to my property, and then had to scramble and you know it worked out for me. But Maybe somebody just made that phone call to their well, I mean, landowner. You had that happen. I had that happen. That was 
a week or two before season yeah. maybe no i'm pretty sure yeah it was like it was right early before. september i'm pretty sure i lost permission and it wasn't I don't think it was anything that we did. It was just he had family move in or wanted to start hunting it or whatever. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to let them hunt it. And we were like, oh, crap. okay, <laughs> now what? And, yeah. you know, it just turned out to be a crap year. It was, you know, really late in the game to do anything. And I don't even remember. I, I think I hunted like five times. and I don't even remember where I hunted that year just because I didn't have a backup spot because – I've been hunting that one for years, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but there's probably, I mean, there's probably people out there that are getting ready to lose their permission. Somebody yep. like we talked about in the show might've come in, stepped on their toes, offered money. Yeah. You know, Hey, I'll pay you a thousand dollars. I hear that. I Is hear, that guy paying you? I hear that story or that story up North a lot. Yeah. You know, somebody's got permission and then some big outfitter comes in and be like, well, we're going to lease all this ground now and do it that way so you know yeah sucks but hey it doesn't mean you're out of the game yeah start asking start knocking on doors like dan i've always listened to dan and that's what he says knock on doors knock on doors um so thanks for coming on rin it was a good show you did a great job uh you got anything else nope all right let's hop off this have a great night see you